The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. We always say it. We think it's true and we mean it. So what's the buzz on the street today? Well, I have to give you a clue here. We're reusing a buzz quote from a show we did on our Changing the Game with Social Selling series back in March. So now it's the end of June 2017, so just about eight weeks ago. And our topic is Social Selling and AI. That's Artificial Intelligence. New Frontier or Pricey Gimmick Part 2. So now let me read the quote and it will all make sense. The quote is from Marine Siddiqua. This is from December 2016. And here's the quote. We don't even know if a salesperson replying to us in real time in the year 2020 would be a human or a robot. Sounds scary, doesn't it? But AI, that's artificial intelligence, has already penetrated into our lives with or without our consent. Now, I'm going to give you a little personal story before I tell you more about our topic. About an hour ago, I was on a call with some people whose uh, presentation, internal to SAP, I will be hosting on the second week of July. And uh, I was talking to them, and I was mentioning that I knew somebody who was sponsoring one of our Game Changers series, and I said the word series. My iPhone was on the desk about three feet away from where I was on the computer. My iPhone heard the word series, assumed I was talking to Siri, and a little musical chime goes off. I am now quoted on the screen of my iPhone, and the iPhone says, this is Siri, may I help you? <laughs> it's never happened before, so I think uh, chatbots are at work. So what are we talking about here? AI is here. We know it. It's all around us, and it's changing business in ways we haven't seen since the Industrial Revolution. That's a long time ago. This is according to a report from Accenture. But when we take these AI technologies and we apply them to human interactions and we get into the B2B selling space, especially social selling, what's going to happen for the modern B2B salesperson? Will it be an advantage? Will it be a cute gimmick? Will they spend too much time and money? What's going on? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, we have invited back our three-person panel of experts from that show in March. Let me remind you who they are. One of them has a new company. First up in a moment, I'll be introducing you to Bernie Borges, the CMO of a company called Vengresso. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. V-E-N-G-R-E-S-O. He'll tell us about that. Also joining us is Tim Hughes, co-founder of Digital 
Leadership Associates, and rounding out the panel is the sponsor of that social selling series we do on Tuesdays. She's the head of SAP Social Selling Training and Enablement, Kirsten Boyla. So I'm thrilled to have the three of you back. I know you're all very busy traveling the world, spreading the word about social selling in the business context. So thrilled you took out the time to join me today. Bernie Borges has sent us a quote from Tony Dungy. If you don't know who he is, and I didn't, it's Anthony Kevin Tony Dungy, born in 1955, a young one, as I like to say. He's a formal professional American football player and coach in the NFL National Football League, and he became the first black head coach to win the Super Bowl when his Colts defeated the Chicago Bears in Super Bowl XLI. That must be uh, 61, I'm guessing. I don't know, or 51. Tony, uh, <laughs> Bernie will help me figure that one out. So here's the quote Bernie has selected from Tony Dungy. The secret to success is good leadership. And good leadership is all about making the lives of your team members or your workers better. Bernie Borges, how are you? Doing great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me back. We are delighted. You're a busy guy running all over the world spreading the good word. So tell me something. Super Bowl XLI. I'm rusty on my Roman numerals. X is 10, L is 50, I is 1. So X in front, that's 41. Is that correct? You're, you're right. It's 41. So the X is actually um, 50 it's a subtractive. minus 10. Right. Okay. So it's minus 10 from 50. Got it after a couple thoughts here. I should have been better prepared. <laughs> Bernie, tell me about this great quote. And by the way, were you a big follower of Tony Dungy's professional football career? Tell me. Y- yes, yes. I live in the Tampa Bay area. So he was ah. the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for several years. And uh, just um, not only a great head coach, but uh, anybody that follows him just knows that he's a very charitable person, just a wonderful human being that anybody who knows anything of him just loves the man. So, you know, just admire him tremendously. Well, we're honored to have you quote him on our show, and I've already found him on, uh, where have I found him? I found him on Twitter. He does have a handle, at Tony, T-O-N-Y, Dungy, D-U-N-G-Y. So tell me about the quote. We're talking about AI. We're talking about humans versus robots. We're talking about gimmicks versus, wow, I could really use that in my B2B social selling career. So, Bernie, what do you think? Yeah, so, you know, the secret to success is good leadership, uh, which is all about making the lives of your team members, uh, workers better, you know, and I think, um, you know, he says that in the context of football, and I've always viewed football as a metaphor for life and a metaphor for how we conduct business, and so if you think about all the people that we have to interact with on a daily basis, not only our coworkers, but, you know, the people that we're working with, selling to existing customers, you know, if we just make their lives better, then, you know, we're, we're helping them and, you know, we're, we're leaders. It doesn't matter what our title is. It doesn't matter if we're an individual contributor. Uh, it just makes us more successful because we're helping others be more successful. Very interesting. So, so Bernie, what if a company decides they're going to embrace social selling in all of its glory, LinkedIn and Facebook and, and all kinds of platforms, if you will, and they say to their salespeople, yeah, we really want you to use this, but what if they haven't thought it through and the sales team says, you're not really making my life better, you're just spinning my wheels and making time. Is there a, a, is there a meeting point there somewhere where the training, the introduction, the initiation into how to do it right will make them say, oh, what a great leader we have. They're really in our, our thinking of our benefits here. So what do you think? 
Yeah, so um, I'm glad you asked. Great question. And in the, in the context you. of, I think, conversations that you've had many, many times on the show before, and I know Tim will back me up on this, if anybody who is doing social selling correctly, appropriately, successfully is helping others, they're being helpful to others, they're engaging through digital channels in a way that is helping others, because it's not about selling on social. Kirsten, I've heard you say that many times. It's about engaging with people in a relevant way so that you are attractive to others. And I don't mean attractive in a physical way. I mean attractive because you're a resource, you have some value to, to, to offer people, and you are helpful. You're proactively helpful. And then, of course, you're engaging in conversations, looking for the opportunity to take those digital touch points, as I like to call them, offline into real sales conversations where you want to try to uh, eventually do some business. But you've got to start out by being helpful. So this whole notion of the secret to success is, is, hel- is helping the people around you, tra- it transfers perfectly over into a social selling model. Thank you, Bernie. Great words of wisdom as always, and we appreciate your being here. And now let's turn to our second panelist, Tim Hughes, co-founder of Digital Leadership Associates. And Tim is quoting one of our favorite quotees. It's Alan Matheson Turing, T-U-R-I-N-G. Anybody want to look up Alan Turing? And he was an English computer scientist, mathematician, logician, cryptanalyst, that's an interesting one, philosopher and theoretical biologist, I've never heard of that either, most interesting, uh, the Turing machine was considered a model of a general purpose computer, and here's why Alan Turing is so important to our discussion today, he's considered the father of theoretical computer science and artificial intelligence. Here is the quote Tim has selected from Mr. Turing, maybe it's Dr. Turing, uh, actually, Turing lived from 1912 to 1954, I think he was ahead of his time, maybe ahead of our time. Here's the quote. Sometimes it is the people no one imagines anything of who do the things that no one can imagine. I love the quote. Tim Hughes, welcome back. How are you? Thank you. I'm excellent, yes. Good. Love the quote. Tell me. On the show. Yeah, here we are. So tell me something. Are you a big follower of Turing? Because he seems to be very popular these days, and we know why. Talk to me. Y- yes, I, I think the, the, the film recently about him was something that, that captured certainly people's imagination in the UK. And um, I think sometimes it's forgotten that the, the, the fact that he and his team cracked the Enigma code, which meant that we, we being the allies, uh, knew what was going on in terms of uh, the, the, the communications that the, the, uh, the Nazis were giving out during the Second World War, certainly was one of the factors that helped us win the Second World War. Um, and he did that through by artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. He, so he was ahead, and he was certainly being, uh, going back to the Tony Dungy quote, he was being a good leader and making the lives of so many people so much better. Amen. So talk to me about how this relates to our topic today, Tim, of the usefulness or gimmickry of AI in the world of B2B selling slash social selling. What's your POV on this? I think that um, uh, certainly from what we're seeing is that the, the, world, the world has really changed. You know, people buy differently. Um, and we're seeing uh, artificial intelligence um, coming onto the scene and accelerating and the way that people are using it and it's being used. Um, certainly from conversations I've had, you know, six months ago, the way that, you know, you're now available, people are using chatbots for um, customer service. 
um, and the way that uh, artificial intelligence is used, certainly we're certainly seeing it come through on the sales process as well. Um, and it is coming to us and it is coming very fast. Okay, certainly is changing. Thank you very much, Tim. And now let's turn to Kirsten Boyle, waiting patiently. And Kirsten has introduced me to somebody new. I'm not familiar with this person she's quoting today. It's Amit Ray, who actually, Kirsten, goes by the handle on Twitter, Sri, S-R-I, Amit Ray. And Amit Ray is, Dr. Ray, is an Indian author, spiritual master, known to the world for his teachings on meditation, yoga, peace, and compassion. Kirsten, as I read about him, I'm just getting very calm and very peaceful you can hear it and what's interesting to me is that he learned about meditation from the wandering monks and the ascetics who happened to pass by the village farmhouse when he was growing up in India I thought that was fascinating he teaches peace love and compassion for the transformation of human consciousness just saying it makes me calm down so here is the quote Very telling quote, and you may be surprised by this quote, considering this gentleman teaches yoga, peace, and compassion. So, as more and more artificial intelligence is entering into the world, more and more emotional intelligence must enter into leadership. Wonderful quote, Kirsten. How have you been? I've been pretty good, Bonnie. Uh, Traveling around, but uh, home now for a week, and then uh, off again. Very glad you're home for a week. Do you celebrate July 4th in Canada, or do you, do you give us a nod for our day off, or do you work that day? Just curious. Well, actually, we celebrate July 1st, which is Canada Day. Um, and we're actually celebrating Canada's 150th birthday this Saturday. So um, not really Happy giving birthday. any kind of nod to July 4th. <laughs> I'll be in Canada that day. I'm actually on vacation um, out in British Columbia, so next week. So. Well, Happy birthday to you and all the Canadians. And Kirsten, I was, as a, as a teenager, I was touring Europe and studying in Switzerland, and we stopped in London, happened to be in London on July 4th. And that's a heck of a place for an American to be on July 4th. I'll just leave that one alone. So, yeah, what can I say? So, Kirsten, talk to me about this quote. Very interesting. Where uh, Ray is juxtaposing artificial intelligence entering the world with emotional intelligence in leadership. Relate that to B2B for me, please. Yeah, I got. I was looking around for different quotes to talk about AI, and and you know, really thinking about how AI is impacting our lives, and and it got me to thinking about how, uh, you know, we talk about. You you may have heard it in in different leadership um, discussions and and uh, blogs and that kind of thing around how important emotional intelligence is to uh, to being a leader to being um, you know being able to to lead a team effectively and an AI is impacting that it's it's you know the way that um, we interact with the world the way that uh, our teams interact with the world and how to to be um, intelligent emotionally intelligent particularly about managing those people and um, and how they are interacting with the world is really going to be important going forward because the um, you know, being very task focused, being very, um, you know, uh, focused on um, the activities is not going to be uh, where a leader needs to be in the future. They're, they need to be more um, focused in on uh, the development, on um, innovation, and that kind of thing, which leads to emotional intelligence. 
Thank you very much. Kirsten, is there any such thing as emotional intelligence training in the world of social selling? I'm curious because we expect that of people we work with. We expect that of people reasonably we socialize with, real-time, face-to-face human socializing. Is there such a thing have you come across in all of the training you do and all of the training gurus you've met on the social selling landscape or frontier, I should say? Is anybody talking about emotional intelligence as a requirement to do social selling the best way or the right way. What do you see? I can't say that I have seen anything, but that doesn't mean it's out there. Um, it's not, or that doesn't mean it's not out there. I just I haven't seen it, um, but maybe it is. Do you think it would be a good idea as part of the I the know, training? Think, is yeah. as you as you were talking about, it, I'm like you thinking, oh yeah, that's actually a really good point. It would be. Um, uh, uh, an interesting addition into our training program here. Uh, there you go. So maybe we came up with a great idea. We'll have to send <laughs> a meet Ray, whose book is Enlight- the one we're talking about is Enlightenment Step by Step. Send him a thank you note. There you go, Kirsten. Thanks for the great quote. And now it's time to learn a little bit more about our panelists. This part of the show is called What's in Your Cup Today? So we want to know, in general, where are you calling from? Nothing too personal. And Bernie Borges, we'll start with you. What are you drinking right now if it's interesting and makes you smile? If not, forget about that and tell me what you'd love to be drinking or what are you planning to drink after the show. Bernie. We had a power outage this morning, so I didn't have my first cup of coffee until uh, two hours later than I normally do. So I'm on my second cup of coffee, which is just a is black, nothing, no cream, no sugar, French roast, nice and strong. And I'm Ooh, very, very sounds, happy with that. That sounds good. I would be too. I like my coffee exactly like that. Thank you, Bernie. Tim Hughes, you're somewhere in the UK. Talk to us. What's happening? Hi, yeah. What are you drinking? Um, so I'm in uh, yeah. West London. Uh, I'm in a place called Teddington, and um, I've got some water with some lime in it. Um, I'm going through a process of trying to make sure that I stay hydrated. So I'm, I'm trying to cut out the caffeine as much as I can. Ah, tell me something. Do you think a decaf coffee would cut out the caffeine, or are you staying away completely because we know decaf always has just a smidge of caffeine? What do you think? Um, I, I'm, I'm just trying to keep off it and, and, and just keep the, the, the water going and, and, and making sure that I you know, keep the old fluids going through my body and, uh, um, and water with a bit of lime in it, a nice bit of vitamin C, and it just keeps me going. Very good. Thank you for that. Powering up with Tim Hughes. And Kirsten Boylow, what are you drinking today, Kirsten? Well, what's special? You always have something interesting in your cup. So what is it today? <laughs> I just finished a chai tea latte um, that I made here at the office. I, don't, I have no idea what brand it is. Um, okay. And, uh, and now I'm drinking just some plain water. <clears throat> Keep me hydrated. There you go. It looks like we're in hydration mode. Bernie, do you feel the same way about hydration mode as your, your colleagues on the panel? I, I do, but in the morning, because it's, it's only uh, 11.20 for me Eastern time, uh, I'm still in coffee mode, especially since I have a little catching up because of the power outage that we had uh, earlier this morning. That wasn't related to the Petya virus that hacked into computers no, all over the world yet? No, no nothing? Not at you all, know. no. Funny thing, I went on to, I, I use a Mac here for the show, and I went on to a uh, real estate. I'm, I'm selling my co-op, and I'm moving soon. And I went on to a, a very well-known real estate site to see what my listing looked like, what the realtor had put up. And instantly, 
the whole Mac went dark, completely black, and a voice said, you are, look, you're, you have problems with, and I quickly got to that URL, I X'd it out on the bar on Firefox, and there was no harm done, but it was the same day as that virus. Now, it's unusual a little bit for Macs to be hit by a, by hacking by a virus, but it was very strange. It didn't dawn on me until many hours later when I heard the news about the massive hack that, that uh, was generated in the Ukraine and spread around the world that, what do you think, Bernie? You think I was hit by a little tentacle of the Petya, or do you think I'm just, just dreaming here? You, you might have been, but you, you were lucky, Bonnie, that uh, there was no harm done. So um, I would count your blessings and just uh, try to keep it in the past and protect yourself so it doesn't happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Bernie, I want you to tell me just a little bit about what your new company does, Vingresso. Am I pronouncing it right? And then I'll ask Tim what his company does, and then we'll go to break. So, Bernie, what do you do? Sure. So, Vingresso is actually uh, the, the formation of a new company from seven digital leaders uh, across the spectrum of sales, marketing, and even uh, recruiting. And so uh, what Vengresso offers as a service company is the ability to help brands align marketing with sales, uh, help them really deliver a mindset to their organization that is digital and connected in the mindset so everybody's thinking that way, provide the skills that are needed through training, and then also provide the tools and technology to make it scalable. So uh, we're excited about the, it's a new venture. Again, there's seven of us uh, that are uh, some of them I think you know have been on the show. Uh, so uh, excited. Uh, we just started uh, this month and uh, really excited about uh, what we're bringing to the market. Great. You want to name drop a couple of uh, people who are on the team there? We'd love oh, to hear absolutely. their names. Absolutely. Absolutely. So our founder, sir, uh, thank you for asking. Our founder and CEO is Mar- Mario Martinez, Jr. Oh, we of course. Have, uh, MMMMM, Jr. We know who he is. That, yes. That's right. That's right. Everybody knows Mario. Uh, there's Bryn Tillman. There's Kurt Shaver. I know Kurt's been on the show. Sure. Uh, Vivica Von Rosen. Uh, Colleen McKenna. And myself and Phil Gerbershack. Oh, my goodness. That's some power team there. I know Kirsten knows many of them very well. And, yes, a few have been. Here we are, M3JR. I'm going to – he's only got 53,500 followers. I'm following him, and he's following 37,500 people. So I'm going to put that into the tweet. Thank you, Bernie. Congratulations. Sure. And it sounds very Thank exciting. You. And uh, I'm going to put this down here. So he must be very excited. We'll have to get him back on one of your shows, Kirsten, soon to hear all about it. And now, Tim Hughes, tell us a little bit about what your company does. It's been a while since we've spoken to you. So talk to me. Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah, um, we set up Digital Leadership Associates 10 months ago, so we're quite new as well. Um, and we're the, uh, the only social media management consultancy in the world. Um, in last twelve, um, In last 10 months, we've now grown to 12 people. Um, and what we've done is that we've gone out to the market and actually recruited the best people who understand social. Um, what we don't do is just sit within a social selling or a marketing framework. What we do is that we actually provide advice to organizations from a C-level, so getting people to understand at a board or a C-level why they need to use social media, um, and then go through all the departments, you know, marketing, sales, HR, supply chain, purchasing, right across the organization and explain to them and work with them um, in terms of the transformation about how they can use social. Very interesting. Thank you very much. You know what? You've all earned a break. Kirsten, you want to make any quick comments on the two companies we've just heard about? And would you think of getting everybody from Vengresso on a call one of these days? What do you think? That would be quite a show. 
All, all seven of them. Oh my! Yes, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, we would that do it like really, one of my uh, one of my year end uh, shows where we give everybody a couple minutes and we go around the table. That could be interesting. I don't think we have enough phone lines, but we'll we'll talk to Kevin and see if he can work it out. So keep that in mind, maybe for for the end of the year. Kirsten, Tim, Bernie, it's time. So I'll say to our listeners, don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial, however you're listening, but stick around. 90 seconds is going to go fast, and we will be right back with a lot more on our topic today, social selling and AI. New frontier or pricey gimmick? We're going to find out a lot more. Kevin, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, indeed, let's. And we're talking today with Bernie Borges and Tim Hughes and Kirsten Boylo. And our special topic is social selling and AI. If you never thought of putting those together, we'll think about it. That's what we're doing today. Is AI a new frontier for the modern B2B salesperson? Is that a new frontier or is it just something that's going to cost them a lot of time and money and nothing but frustration? We're going to find the answer. So let's start our roundtable in earnest. And I'm looking at some notes here from Bernie Borges from before the show, and I'm going to challenge Bernie. Bernie says, artificial intelligence, meaning robots, will replace B2B salesperson, and I'm going to ask Bernie if that's a question or threat, but I'm going to read part of his notes to expand this. He says, probably not in the next five years. After five years, all bets are off. Bernie, question, challenge, frontier, gimmick, threat, tell us more. 
Well, with artificial intelligence advancing as rapidly as it is advancing, even though our friend Alan Turing sort of invented uh, the whole concept way, way back in the 1950s, um, in recent years, Bonnie, with the acceleration of computing power and so much more data available, uh, chatbots have been growing. And so uh, I do think that there's potential for chatbots, and, le and let's just call it machine learning, the ability for a machine to learn and to do tasks for us. And I love the fact that, you know, we were talking earlier with uh, Kirsten's quote about the, the emotional intelligence. And so there's going to be some blend of the machine intelligence and the emotional intelligence. But here's, I, I kind of want to ground it in, in two fundamental uh, pillars, if you will. There's two things that AI can fundamentally do for salespeople. Number one is predict when a lead is a quality lead and, and not limited to just rules that are static, right? Someone visits our website three times and consumes 12 pages, then those rules say that's a quality lead. And I'm just making that up as an example as mm -hmm. of rules, right? That's not an artificial intelligence. That's just rules-based intelligence, right? AI has the ability to predict quality leads based on user behavior, regardless of whether someone visited a website twice or 20 times, but the, the ability to actually track a person, creepy as it may sound, across the web and how they're engaging and behaving and what they're talking about, then when that person engages with a brand, AI has the ability to predict leads. That's number one. Number two is the ability to suggest the next step to take in a sales process. So again, instead of relying on what salespeople have been trained to do, or again, giving them a set of rules, you know, once someone has been to a webinar and they've downloaded this white paper and they've had a trial of our product for three weeks, you know, then these are the steps you should take. Well, chatbots, or just let's just call it AI, is going mm -hmm. to suggest what those next steps are. And it's not always going to be intuitive. It may not fit exactly within, you know, this little universe of steps and activities that have previously been defined because the machine, if you will, the, the computing power is going to have way more capability of actually determining what a logical next step is. Now, where people come into play is that we have to balance that with logic. We still have to balance that. We have to look at the scenario, and we still have to make, whether it's an emotional decision or not, I don't know. I, I, I think yeah. it's a great conversation to have. But it still is a human-based decision to kind of balance what a machine is, is now suggesting is either a quality lead or the next step and balance mm -hmm. that with sort of the situation, the circumstances, and just other real-life things that you know, may not be discernible by the machine. Thank you, Bernie. Very good. A lot of provocative thoughts in there. I, I think we have a whole new topic that's brewing before we even finished half of this show. Let's turn to Tim Hughes. Tim, do you agree or disagree that after five years, all bets are off that the robots, the chatbots, the chatty boxes will replace live B2B salespeople? What's your thought? Uh, I, I, I think I, I agree with Bernie. I think that there's a real... Uh, likelihood that those sort of things will impact and if you think about what the way that most people are buying what they're doing is that they're doing it in salesperson avoidance mode and this is where ah. the salespeople of today need to actually step up and change their game you know they need to 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 move away from you know being manipulative or 
trying to get other, other, um, a way of getting people and then interrupting them. Um, and, and, you know, social selling is kind of one of the frameworks in which they are able to do that. And, you know, we talked earlier on about, you know, we need to be giving and helping. You know, most customers now are actually looking to be empowered rather than being sold to. And what we're, what, you know, we need, we're actually entering a golden age of sales. And um, what we need is the, the salespeople today is to step up to that. And by doing that, they'll beat the machines. We're entering the golden age of sales and we need people. So are the chatbots going to step up before the humans do, Tim? Well, I, I'm actually aware of people that are already doing what Bernie's talking about. Um, and it's happening within um, dark social within uh, um, at the moment. So, on, on, you know, people are already analyzing what's going on uh, in WhatsApp groups and stuff like that. So if we look at social... What's going on on Twitter and LinkedIn is only really 20% of the conversations that are taking place. Um, and, and people are already looking at these, these groups and are already able to make, make predictions about the people that are ready to buy and are selling those as leads. That's taking place right now. Uh, and what I'm saying is that the salespeople need to understand this and rather than sort of roll over and go and get another job, actually to step up and, and, and understand that there, there are customers out there that are ready to buy and they can engage with them, and they can empower them and help them, and ultimately close the deals, as we would say in normal sales language. Very interesting. Thank you. Very also provocative. Kirsten, please weigh in on this. What do you see? Uh, I think it's interesting that uh, that Bernie mentioned, you know, five years, all bets are off, because it's so hard to see. I mean, five years ago, we never would have expected the explosion of the um, of social selling in the way it has, that uh, it has taken over so many things. Um, and, and it, you know, I think it's really interesting to think about, you know, the, the, the very task-oriented things that I talked about in, you know, when we, earlier on, um, that handling all product sales, that, that's a really interesting point. And, and it's very true, I think, that there, all of the day-to-day tasks will be handled by, um, by robots. It's, it's more of the, the human-to-human interaction and, and engagement that really will come into play. Very interesting. Bernie, I'm going to circle around to you and ask if you have any comments on what your co-panelists just shared. Very interesting conversation. Bernie Borges. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get with Tim offline to learn more about the people that are doing it today um, because they're, 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 those are very early adopters. Uh, we still are in, in the early days of, of AI in general. In fact, I just published a podcast with Susan Etlinger from Altimeter Group, and mm-hmm. she, uh, she made the comments. I'm going to attribute this quote to her. She said, we're in, the 19, we're in 1993 of AI, like we're still early days. So the whole, you know, all bets are off in, in the next five years um, – Kirsten, to your point, you know, look at where we are with social selling. I do think that salespeople who sell a product, a physical product, are at the greatest risk because I think so much of that can, in fact, be handled by the machine as it continues to get smarter. But those that sell anything complex, like enterprise software, real estate, consulting services, that really uh, requires conversation, less so. I'm not going to say it goes to zero, but I don't think it's it's as at risk because you still need people to have real conversations to discuss the complexity of what's being sold. 
Very interesting. Thank you. And is that where emotional intelligence enters in on that end of the transaction, Bernie? The people part? Probably so. Yeah, yeah. So have us back for a third episode and we'll just focus on that one alone. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I've been hinting at for the past 20 minutes. Exactly. Thank you. Emotional, we would call it E-I-A-I and it's not going to be Farmer in the Dell, E-I-E-I-O. It's going to be E-I-A-I, oh my. That's what we're going to call it. Kirsten, E-I-A-I, oh my. That's it. Okay? Emotional intelligence, artificial intelligence, oh my. I think we have it. Kirsten, we'll talk offline. Now, Tim Hughes, I'm looking at your notes here. You sent me some notes we used for the previous episode in March, but I'm sure everybody memorized everything we said, but I think we're going to go with the following. Let's talk about content because from what I understand from talking with Kirsten and her guests on her series over and over is that content is still king, that you just just can't stalk somebody on social media. Hey, you, I want to sell you something. Pay attention. You have to be helpful. You have to be informative. You have to be supportive. You have to offer something to them before you ask for anything, especially the sale. So you have to be someone who is of value to them, and that all goes to creating compelling, timely, valuable content. So Tim is telling us, that a recent article in VentureBeat stated that while the amount of content creation has risen by 300%, get ready for this, you're not going to like this, everyone, only 5% of that content is read. That means 95% of content is thrown away and does not stick. How do you improve this? Predictive analytics will help you get the right content to the right people at the right time. So, how does this all work with replacing people with robots, with chatbots, with artificial intelligence? Tim, can you put it all together for us, please? Yeah, thank you. Um, if, if we look at the way that people are buying where they're self-educating online, we, we all go to Google and, and we start consuming content. So whatever we want to buy, if we want to buy the latest MacBook, we'll, we'll go online and we'll start reading articles about it or we'll go and ask our friends. And really what we're um, what AI is going to do is enable or make sure that the right content is served to the, the, the right person at the right time. Um, most organizations, I mean, I was talking to um, uh, Ian Tromans at CEB the other week, and he was saying that, you know, most, most companies, you know, have a dumper truck of content, and as soon as um, somebody starts engaging with that company, they get that, get that dumper truck and dump it at the front door. And, and there's so much content that's being created that nobody actually reads. You know, creating good content isn't good enough anymore. It has to be excellent content. And content that people are actually wanting to, to read and self-serve as they're going through the buying process. And what I see is, that, is AI is um, providing the understanding when people are searching for things on, on Google or out there in social, asking for things, that, that, that AI will actually pick that up and make sure that they're served the right content at the right time. So in effect, what we're not trying to do is being manipulative. What we're doing is that we're actually helping the customer rather than having to search and spending lots of time when something may be hidden on page five of Google, it will be there on page one and they'll see it. Very interesting. Isn't that a beautiful thing if it would all work out that way? Kirsten, what do you think? All this content, and we know everybody's being encouraged to make videos today. That's supposed to be the hot trick about getting in front of everybody. And we also know that right here on Twitter, where I'm tweeting my tootsies off, and thank you, Karen Geraldo, for retweeting. We've got several other people following us. Very, very appreciate I see Tim is tweeting, and Bernie has been tweeting, and Kirsten as well. All kinds of interesting followers here, and we appreciate your listening and, and sharing this great information. Um, I know that when you use an image 
Tim, and use an image in your tweet, it's visually appealing. More people. So that's that's content. You're putting something visual, which is information, in front of people, and apparently those get more traction and more retweets. I'm going to turn to Kirsten now and say, Kirsten, we encourage people to create all this great content. What do you think about, poof, it's disappearing. Nobody wants it. Why? I don't think it's the case that nobody wants it. I think Tim is uh, right on the money where he says, you know, um, being able to serve the right content at the right time to the right person, uh, you know, through AI, we'd be able to have the data that that, um, their background, what have they searched for in all of their searching history? What, What kinds of things have they actually read through? What have they clicked through? What have they passed over to then be able to create, you know, filter down the content that that AI says this is the right content for this person at this time. Um, that kind of, you know, that is very, very powerful. And, and I think that, you know, having the variety of content out there is, is fantastic because we are all different. We are, the way we view the world is different. The way that the, the importance of various aspects of the things that we're searching for is all different. And so being able to have all of that content to draw from is going to be important. Um, but I think the way that we segment that content, the way that we um, filter that content right now is just, it's not being utilized in the right way is, is kind of my, my guesstimate as to what's happening right now. So, Kirsten, could a lot of that content be recycled if if it were oh, driven sure. by? So, so it's not a question of oh my goodness, I created five thousand pieces of content and ninety five percent have not been looked at, not been retweeted, not been used as the basis for a group chat on LinkedIn. I'm just making up these examples. But hey, if I do it smarter and better, and maybe use some predictive analytics and AI that content can still reach the right people at the right time and resonate and get me some traction. So is that the the optimism there? Yes, that's exactly it. Good. I hit it. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Bernie Borges, I'm trying to pay attention here and tweet at the same time, and I think I'm doing it. Bernie Borges, what's your thought about all of this content creation? Bernie, do you think video is still the the rage and and images on Twitter, for example? Is this still the rage, or are we moving away from the blogging world where everybody says they're a thought leader on everything? What do you think? Where is this content? Where should it be? Yeah, I do think a lot of it does boil down to creating a good experience. Uh, we've we've gotten to the point where we as consumers, whether it's you know us as consumers in a B two C scenario because we're all consumers, or the people that we work with in a B two B environment, they're still consumers, you know, in their own way. We need to create a great experience, and so while content certainly is important and, and a way to reach people, as Tim says, at the, at the right time with the right content for that right persona, uh, it's got to be a good experience. So certainly video is a good way to do that. And images, you know, just the whole SEO element of um, making sure that you're tagging images properly so that they're easily discoverable. Because when we do searches now, images and video content are, are both displayed. As you pointed out, Bonnie, in social media, whether it's Twitter Facebook, doesn't matter. I mean, just look at uh, Instagram and Snapchat, for example, and even LinkedIn. Uh, images are important. I mean, I know that everybody on this call, myself included, will actually upload an image into LinkedIn and then drop in a link that's associated with that image and say something about it. And I actually prefer to do that 
rather than upload a link and then allow LinkedIn to recognize the image. And the reason is because when you upload the image, LinkedIn displays it much bigger, and therefore it displays in the feed much more prominently. So the impact is far greater. So yes, visual content is absolutely mission critical to us as social sellers. Thank you very much. Tim, I'm going to let you wrap this one up because you started this. Great, great thread here. Tim, any thoughts you want to share about what Bernie and Kirsten added to your topic? Yeah, I think it's um, images are really important. I mean, as you said earlier on, um, Bonnie, the, the fact that I think you get 50% more engagement if you use an image on a tweet. And, and one of the difficulties that people have had to this day is the fact that you can't really measure that or search on it. Um, so we've just actually been helping Brandwatch today um, launch a new product, which is where they um, are able to use social mis- listening on uh, photos and images. So, for example, if you, so Bonnie, when you get your new Ferrari and you take a selfie of yourself um, on that <laughs> with the new Ferrari and you post that on Facebook or you post that on Twitter, what you're probably right, right is here is a selfie of my car. What you're not actually going to say is here is a selfie of me and my new Ferrari. So when Ferrari are actually searching and listening on the, yes. the, on the internet, they're not actually hearing that. But now there's new technology that allows them to do that and they're able to look at brand names um, on bags or, um, or um, brand names on people's T-shirts and those sort of things. And that really is going to bring to life um, a lot more of the listening capabilities that people can then uh, look at in terms of social media, especially around images. It's really important. Fascinating. I, I will tell you a little trick I've developed here when I'm tweeting before and during these live Game Changers radio shows is I look up the source, the source of the quotes the three of you and all my panelists send me. But if I'm using an opening buzz quote, I try to find a Twitter handle for that person, their company, their blog, whatever it is they are, wherever I can find them on social. And I embed that. I put that into the tweet. And a lot of times, right after the show, when I check all of the retweets and the, the comments, the people I have tagged in my tweets become followers. And I've done this with some reporters and some bloggers, and I'm always amazed that suddenly they're aware that we're talking about them on Game Changers Radio, and they become a follower. So I like that a lot. By the way, uh, who was it who said when I get my Ferrari? Was that you, Tim? When I get yes, my, it was. Get my, yeah. my new Ferrari? Well, I just put into the chat to my engineer, Kevin, Yes, when I get my new Ferrari, and he said he wants one first, so we'll have to see if we can arrange that. Ferrari, are you listening? Thank you, thank you for your good wishes, Tim. My my little uh, Nissan 350Z sports car is going to have to last a few more years. Don't drive it much anyway, so it's fine. But when I get the Ferrari, you'll get the first selfie. Tim used. Thank you, Kirsten. Your most just the selfie. Maybe you get a ride too, Kirsten Boileau. Let's look at some information you sent me from Harvard Business Review. Here's an article you're quoting that says those who want to stay relevant in their profession will need to focus on the skills and capabilities that artificial intelligence has trouble replicating, understanding, motivating, and interacting with human beings, and you liken this to a doctor's bedside manner. Kirsten, I think this is a good way to shore up our part of our conversation about the human qualities that AI is going to take a long time to replace. So what would be your advice to people who are training in B2B, people who are old-timer, old-fashioned, don't take that seriously anymore. Anybody, don't don't be offended, uh, who are used to picking up the phone, cold calls, email blasts, oh my, what would you say to them about the value of what they know and who they are in this world where AI is going to replace a lot of people's jobs? What do you think, Kirsten? 
I, I think one of the big things that, you know, one of the common, uh, and maybe it's a stereotype, but I think one of, the, one of the common characteristics of great salespeople is that they build relationships very well. Um, they relate to people on a human-to-human level. And, the, and AI is going to have a really hard time uh, replicating that. Yes, the tasks can be um, automated and, you know, serving up content can be automated. But being able to um, re- relate emotionally to another human and understand their background and, and where they're coming from, um, which isn't always very straightforward, uh, it can, is going to be much more important. And so those sales reps that are really good at building relationships with people, um, they're going to be successful because they, they tend to come alongside. They don't tend to be the ones that are very aggressive, hard pushing. They are the ones who come alongside, who partner with the, with the, the prospect and customer, who educate and engage and, um, and really become that trusted advisor to that person. And so that's where, uh, and that, that brings in the whole social selling piece of it because, you know, social selling, as Bernie, I think as Bernie mentioned, um, is not about trying to sell through social. It's about trying to, to partner with your customer to um, become that trusted advisor, engage, educate, uh, be relevant. And it's the same sort of thing with AI. You need to be that uh, engager. You need to be that educator um, to your customers and being able to relate on that human-to-human level will be far more important than being super smart and, uh, and being able to um, do tasks. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm going to circle around to Bernie and ask for your thoughts. Agree or disagree? No, I, I, I completely agree. Uh, I'm going to say in, a, in slightly different words what Kirsten just said, and I'm going to give you a little context here. You know, every one of us in, in social selling has tools at our disposal, and generally speaking, they are a phone, they are email, they are productivity tools like word processing, spreadsheets, presentation tools, right? So we have to use those tools, and, and if we're not competent, if we don't know how to use those tools, then we can't be effective in our jobs as social sellers, and in most jobs, right, even if you just transfer over to other professions, other industries. We have to be able to use those tools. Today, anybody who doesn't know how to use those tools is basically irrelevant and obsolete, and they can't find work. Now, take that concept and fast forward just a few years. If we do not use the AI tools that are readily available to us that are going to be much more than what we have today, then the same scenario applies. We're not going to be relevant. We're going to become obsolete. So what I'm saying is that we need to be prepared to embrace those tools and use those tools. And if we don't, then we simply are putting ourselves at risk. There you go. Tim Hughes, quickly comment from you, and then we're going to launch. Bernie, you can get your predictions ready because we're officially in the crystal ball segment. But I want to get Tim's thoughts on what Kirsten shared. Tim Hughes. Yeah, I think it's important that, that people build relationships. And I, you know, what, what Bernie and, uh, has said as well, it, you know, this isn't about collecting followers and it's not about um, you know, making sure that we're, we're, we're just getting friends. Most of the people that I see around social selling, you know, social selling is about understanding, it's, it's, it's about process. It's about people. And you can take away all of the tools, the LinkedIn's and stuff, and, but you can still social sell. Because it's, you know, having a, um, 
uh, an affinity with people, but being able to build a rapport with people, uh, helping people, understanding how people are maybe confused or uh, not sure about what they need to do in the buying process, that's what we need to understand. And LinkedIn and Twitter and that can help us, but at the end of the day, we could take those things away and we could, should still be able to social sell. Thank you very much. Great comments, Bernie Borges. 60 seconds, predictions. What do you see coming up in the future around the year 2020, if you're so inclined? If not, tell me when. And Bernie, 60 seconds. Love to know what will change about this topic and when. Go ahead, Bernie. Well, I think um, as social sellers, we're going to be required to be more like the conductor of an orchestra as opposed to the actual instrument player in the orchestra. So we have to be leaders and organizers, and then we have to use the tools that are available to us, as I mentioned earlier. And more and more, those tools are going to be AI-powered. There's even going to be the concept of uh, AI as a service where you can kind of dip into an app for a specific piece of AI functionality. But again, we're going to need to be more like that conductor that has the skill to organize, pick and choose, execute, implement, bring it all together, and then deliver the results. Well, that was certainly an impactful human-based statement. Thank you very much, Bernie. Great insights. Kirsten, there's so many words of wisdom on the show. I'm, I'm just tweeting as fast as I can to capture all of it. So I hope that we'll, we'll have to go through the transcript and pick up some more. Thank you, Bernie. Tim Hughes, it's your turn for predictions. I can, oh my goodness, I can give you 90 seconds. Tim, use them well. Go ahead. Okay. So PwC reckoned that, uh, AI will add 16 uh, trillion by 2030 of GDP. Uh, now that's um, something like, um, uh, in, in terms of the 15 billion in, in terms of uh, the US, but in fact, the amount of impact that AI could have will be even larger um, in China. And it's interesting to see how organizations and countries are stepping up to the mark around AI. Thank you very much. It will be interesting indeed. Kirsten, I have 60 seconds. You know what, Kirsten, take 90. Make them fast, though. Go ahead. Predictions, Kirsten Boylo. <laughs> uh, well, I'd, I'd like to go back to, you know, the, the, what I was saying about emotional intelligence and how it's going to be so much um, uh, more about, um, you know, motivating and understanding and interacting with human beings and, and then being able to transfer that to your sales reps as a leader. Um, I think that uh, more and more leaders are going to be put into place that can do that, that, um, that knowledge and skill transfer around being emotionally intelligent so that our uh, sales reps in whatever company you're in can uh, interact with customers on that human-to-human level. And it's not so much about the hard sell. It's not so much about social selling uh, through, uh, through the tools. It's about being able to build those relationships and um, and, and really moving towards that, uh, that dynamic in that customer experience. Uh, somebody mentioned customer experience. I don't remember who it was today. And, and I think um, I've seen lots of statistics around, you know, you know 2020 customer experience will take over um, price and, uh, and features as, as the number one differentiator. And so, uh, and, you know, uh, that emotional intelligence is a big part of that customer experience. Uh, so I really think that that's going to become even more Im- impactful and important as we move into the future. 
Thank you, Kirsten. Very interesting. When I think of emotional intelligence, I think of so many self-help books by so many psychologists and so many self-described gurus of relationships that said we all need more emotional intelligence. So I think that's a quality in life that we are aspiring to have in all of our relationships. And of course, we wanted to go over into the B2B social selling realm. So thank you to the three of you. Very interesting. Bernie Borges, very happy to speak with you again. Congratulations on the new company, and I think we should put together a, a, a real roundtable panel with all of your colleagues there and give Mario my best. He's, he's always fun on the radio. We've had him on many Thank times. You. Tim Hughes, pleasure to speak with you again. All good wishes. Your company's doing great. Digital Leadership Associates, good, good focus, and thank you for all of your wonderful comments. And Kirsten Boylo, what can I say? Uh, Kirsten, I'll talk to you about the Coffee Break Express. We want to include you in that, so I'll, I'll speak to you offline about that and a shout out of course to Karen Geraldo and all of the other people who were diligently tweeting my panelist words of wisdom thank you so much and all I can say is thank you to Kevin G at World Talk Radio the business channel for getting us on the air and keeping us on the air I'll be back tomorrow with two live shows 10 a.m. Eastern here on the business channel future of manufacturing with game changers talking about getting value out of the software embedded in machines in the hardware a lot of ethics questions a lot of how do you time the life cycle of the software versus the hardware. Good information. And at 2 p.m. Eastern, we'll be back with Utilities of the Future with Game Changers, talking about utilities and IoT. This is the week of utilities on Game Changers Radio. This is the only one of one show that is not focusing on what can I tell you. Okay, so here we go. Here's the call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Be like Bernie Borges. Be like Tim Hughes. And be like Kirsten Boylo and a little bit like me. So go out and be a Game Changer today. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. Thank you.